Hi, welcome to another issue of the uh, Ship It Show. Today we're joined by Archers from Polyverse. Polyverse is a uh, great partner with us. We, we do a lot of things with, with uh, you and the team. Yep. Uh, we have a great event coming up. Uh, check out our website, uh, uh, Joint Polyverse and Ship on Day One Workshop. Archers is going to be there. Yes, yes, I'm going to be there. Fantastic. Well, for those of the uh, viewers that don't know Polyverse, why don't you just give us a quick intro on, um, uh, on what you do, who yeah. you are? Yes, so uh, Polyverse is a moving target defense uh, cybersecurity company, and uh, we specialize in, in moving the surface area of your attack so that the attackers have a harder time than uh, the defenders. Great. So today I wanted to talk about a hot topic for us, yeah. and it's obviously the topic of our workshop as well, which okay. is... Uh, securing DevOps pipelines. Right. So I think traditionally information security teams have uh, taken a, an approach where you would harden different stages of, of where software was running, you'd have different security profiles for te test, Devo, quality assurance machines, you'd have different security profiles for production, mm -hmm. and you'd have you know all sorts of traffic sniffing and uh, firewalls and defense mechanisms and security scans running across all these these different pieces of infrastructure. Right. And the infrastructure was a known quantity. You would yep. know exactly what was happening, where it was running, and it would even be physical racks in some cases. Yep. Then came the move to the cloud and cloud infrastructure, and that kind of freaked people out a little bit. Uh, and you know now you're dealing with virtualization and there was some concerns there. But now we're talking about developers being able to specify infrastructure as uh, configuration and really as not really knowing in any deterministic way what is going to be running in, in production or right. how. So like how do you think about assessing the security posture and how do you think about that from an information security perspective? Right. So um, the, the best way to think about that is to, is to focus on application level security, right? Look at the app itself and, and look at securing the app. Right, not the infrastructure. So, so back in the day, we used to think about things like if I if I secure my infrastructure, if I secure my pipeline, if I secure where something comes from, then by definition the app is secure. Right. And when writing the code, I don't have to worry about it. I just write my code and it is 100% secure. Right. That paradigm now shifts into saying. I'm running in a hostile environment, right? I'm always hostile, every <laughs> single time, right? right? And and so you run in that, and that's how you change it. Uh, a great example is, is um, all the Spectre and Meltdown bugs, right? They basically break hypervisors, right? Which means there's no isolation today that is that I would call secure. Wow. So when you talk about securing the application versus securing the infrastructure, that's a bit of a cultural shift, right? It is, it is a cultural shift, right? Um, so InfoSec is no longer this. Um, so InfoSec, uh, to draw an analogy, right, would be, would be like the security guards outside a building, right? right. So you're in the building, and the building is 100% secure, and nothing can touch you, right? And then you have these security guards who keep the, the bad people out, good people in. Right, a cultural shift is now we're all responsible for security at all times. Right, every email, every every machine, every laptop, right, that you leave open at a coffee shop, right, that's security. <laughs> that's a, it's a massively different uh, security posture. So I think one of the uh, one of the things um, that I've heard a lot of people say is, okay, we now have to concern ourselves much more with application security, and we have to concern ourselves much more with container security 
there are tools that I can point at my container and point at my application and they will assert security. What, what's your position on those? And there's, I think there's one in the, the uh, Docker Hub right now that is uh, popular. I forget the name of it, but there's a, yeah. a tool that you can point at your container. It'll run a bunch of scans and it will tell you, okay, here are the things you need to patch, here are the things you don't. And right. if you pass it, the, the, this sort of un, unhidden or the hidden assumption is, if you pass that, then things will be m more secure. Right. So I, I would say the emotion is not misplaced, right? Um, when we do make this cultural shift, right, there are a few simple rules that people can follow, right, that make them more secure. But the way, the, the intent is good, but the execution is, is mistaken, right? So pointing something to somewhere, Okay, let me let me give a fundamental rule here, which is don't externalize security, right. right? There is no one else that you can point to. There's nothing else that you can point at, right? There's no no external actor who's going to come in and say, just because I exist, you're secure. And there is no such system, right? You're secure because of who you are, and that's why the cultural shift is, is both jarring, but also so exciting. So you'd advocate using it for a tool, not a decision. Yes. Great, and then uh, the the next question, sorry, this is a little bit of a story yeah. we're painting here. The, ne the next question is, okay, now I've run one of these tools, you know, uh, Artis, you're, you're trying to deploy something to production next week, because mm -hmm. that's normally the amount of notice that you give your security team. Yep. You're trying to deploy something next week, the security team run a scan at it, and then they sit there and say, here are 300 tickets, uh, you can't launch until you fix all these tickets. So I, I've been there many, many times, right? Um, so I, there's, a, there's a new thing that I'm promoting heavily called impact modeling, right? Which I think um, is, should be the new thing going forward, right? Uh, today we do something called threat modeling, right? right. And there's, there's many threats, right? Literally right now, right, this bulb could explode in a very specific way that could, that could kill <laughs> both of us, right? Yeah, I mean the LED, right? There's, there's some initial physical conditions that would cause that LED to break, right? So yeah. if we did a threat model of this room, right, we're, we're exceptionally under threat. If we did an impact model, right, and that's where the, the LED comes in, is the LED doesn't have that much of an impact. We'd probably get a bruise, but yeah, <laughs> right? But, but the bottom line is, right, uh, when you look at security postures, look at the impacts that assume, so I, I have this, I have this famous, slide that I, I show in all my presentations, which is ask what then, don't ask what if. Right. Right. So what happens if this was to happen? Right. And what is the impact of that? And then, f and then sort by impact and go attack all those top 100 things. Right. So, so look at sigmas. Right. Go by sigma. Right. One sigma, two sigma, three sigma of risk. Nice. Okay. So uh, the next uh, question is, you know, um, when we, in a traditional information security environment, it's very control focused, right? Mm -hmm. It is, it is to your point, reducing the number of attack vectors and controlling the, the risks and uh, controlling risks by risk uh, reduction. Basically mm -hmm. sitting there and saying, mitigated, mitigated, just going down the list. So you're moving from a scenario in many information security environments where you can't, the control element uh, is counterproductive to a fast-moving software delivery pipeline. Right. So you have to move from control to like almost trust, but trust isn't trust isn't really right. good enough. You know. Right. So uh, how, how have you seen that be successful? Is it trust and verify? Is it trust? Is it control then trust? Is it trust then control? Like where do you strike the balance between restricting developers but also making sure that what they're delivering 
isn't going to cause a customer impacting event. Right. So, um, so this is where uh, a impact reduction is a, is a big tool that I, I advocate a lot, right? Which is, you know, so for instance, as an example, our, our entire delivery pipeline, right, uses SHA-based addressing, and that means if someone actually broke in, right, there's no way that they can inject bad code without it sticking out big time, right? And this is not a security thing, right? Just a way that we do the pipeline that allows us to both maintain control, but do it rapidly, fast, lightweight, right? Um, so what I would say is, is it's not about giving up control, it's about giving, it's about externalizing decision-making. Uh, let's call it automated control, right? Give tools to other people that they can then use to enforce your decisions or your ideologies or your preferences across their systems. But the idea of one person manually going and spinning up a server is, is archaic. Right? <laughs> it doesn't work anymore. So just quickly, just to kind of tie it back to the statements at the beginning, uh, how can Polyverse help? How does the moving target defense help in this yeah. production line uh, software development world that we're living in? So yeah, it's a great, a great question actually. Uh, so we actually started in the DevOps world. We started uh, literally about a year after Docker um, was a you bunch were committed of committed to Swarm or Kuben yes. Yeah, okay. We so we were we started with Docker and we we grew with Docker. Uh, we started with DevOps, with Jenkins, with pipelines, right? So we all came from worlds where we'd run uh, large infrastructure projects before. And so we do a few things, but, but the, the key thing that all our tools do are they're operationally viable and they are headless, which means they don't pop up, they, they defend, right? So our, our premium product is a scrambled Linux system, right? Um, what happens is you install, you just point all your Linux boxes to Polyverse and every host in your organization will have a different binary layout for your entire host the entire OS, nice. right, from the ground up. And what that means is attacks which are replicatable, which just run across mass amounts of fleets, right, they just don't move. They don't move laterally. The attacker doesn't know how your code is laid out. Right? And we're coming out with like more, there's more things in the pipeline which, uh, which are actually going to come out in the public domain very soon, which people can take advantage of. Nice. Yeah. So you, you are creating new locks. Yes. Yes, we are. We are. We are fundamentally accepting that this this idea of one person, you know, this idea of like reducing risk by isolating doesn't work anymore, right? It is a it is a different paradigm, and we need tools that are easy, that are lightweight, that everyone can use, and and that stay out of your way until they're needed, and that don't add performance hits, right? And so yeah. all of these. So we you can't have a Heisen tool. Right, a tool that, that does this but, but changes that and affects that and has side effects. Right? Which some tools do. Which, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much so for, uh, you. for joining us. And uh, we'll see you at the event yes. on, uh, in June. Thank yes, you. Yes, I'm very excited.